Jesus, as we gather here around your word, I declare that you are the great word. We are actually gathering around you. Open our eyes, Jesus. Open our ears, almighty God. This is all about you. And I thank you, dear God, that not my words, but your words come forth. Thank you for your blessing and thank you for your revelation. God, set us free as you've already begun to set us free. God, let us grab a hold of your goodness in this moment, God. Let it not be for a moment, though, almighty God. I thank you that your goodness is what carries us, God, through all the days of our lives. God, we declare in faith you're a good, 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 good Lord. You're a good Father. So we thank you, God. We shall not be held back by fear. We shall not be held back by our mistakes. We shall not be held back, dear God, by anything that could set us, that could just hinder our relationship with you. This is the moment, God, that sets the, that sets the tone. This is the moment, God, that makes a mark, Father, that we belong to you. And you mean everything for our good. You mean everything for our good, almighty God, and we just thank you right now. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. And all of God's children say, Amen. Amen. Come on, will you give him a shout of praise? Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Great. Would you take a seat, get comfortable, and thank you to our band. Can you give him a shout of praise as well? That was amazing. I just thought, you know, maybe I don't have to preach. <laughs> we could just go on. We're just already setting a tone for tonight. But any moment and every moment we're gathered is actually a moment to praise Jesus. It's a moment to be set free even. That we don't have to wait for tonight. We don't have to wait for tomorrow. We can just say, Jesus, do it right now. Yes. Jesus, say it right now. Yes. Jesus, speak it right now. Jesus, set us free right now. Isn't it great? Wow. Well, it is my honor to be talking about mercy and forgiveness because just in preparation for tonight, my message was not in preparation for tonight, by the way, but I just realized that one thing that stops us from really experiencing true freedom is just this thing called forgiveness, you know, where we haven't actually given our all or where we haven't actually forgiven someone we've got this blockage, this thing that keeps us stuck. I'm very aware that a lack of forgiveness or just, just inability to forgive really can keep us stuck in our ways. You know, it can just close doors to actually us experiencing complete freedom. So I really hope um, just my message this morning encourages you in terms of the mercy of God, but just the forgiveness of God, the forgiveness of Jesus that we have experienced um, in his death and resurrection. So my beatitude this morning is blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Matthew chapter 5 verse 7. You know, I don't know, like maybe all of us um, just um, preachers, I just thought, oh, okay, really? This one? You know, you have to talk about mercy and forgiveness. And I had to think about all the people <laughs> that I think have done something against me. I'm like, have I truly forgiven everyone? Have I, am I really walking in forgiveness or am I really walking in this mercy? And how can I receive the mercy of God? And I love this, um, I think this passage says that it says, blessed are the merciful, for they will obtain mercy. They will also, they will be shown mercy. I love that because Jesus is teaching us about these kingdom principles. And what I love about this, when we really look at the whole sermon, it says, Jesus is teaching us things that we actually can do. 
you know, that the word of God is the empowering of God. So when he says blessed are the merciful, I think when I was tempted to think, oh my goodness, have I actually exercised mercy, all of these things, I came back and I think Jesus is saying that you actually have the capacity to be merciful. You actually have the ability to be merciful. When I say it, that's me empowering you to be it right there. Just the word of God is the empowerment of God. So when it comes to kingdom principles and he comes to tell us here that you can be merciful, I have to start declaring, yes, I can show mercy because I have been shown mercy. And God here um, promises us that we will also be shown mercy. Um, When I was a kid, I think I was in my primary school years, just early on, maybe between six and seven or somewhere there. I, um, I attended a traditional church and we used to go to kids church they used to call it Sunday school then so anyway what happened is then we had to memorize these verses like every Sunday I think Um, so I picked up a passage of scripture that I thought was very easy to this day I don't know how and why (laughs) I picked up the passage of scripture but what happened is um, we would pray every night my mom and I right would come to pray before bed and um, you know I would pray first and then she would pray So every night I started praying this verse because I just thought that, I don't know, for some reason I think I thought that's what prayer was. Romans 3.23. It says, For we have all fallen short of the grace of of God's glorious standard. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. And that's how I would come to my mom and just pray. Like, okay, it's time to pray. I'd be like, Romans 3.23, we all fall short of God's glorious standards. Amen. And uh, my mom actually let that go for a while. (laughs) So that's what I would pray every night, just that passage of scripture, having no idea what it actually meant. I think I probably got a bit of a grasp of it, like maybe later on when I was an adult. I think after a few few months, maybe, then my mom just said, you you know, Yanni, you can actually pray your own words to God. This is the whole point of this, that you come and you say whatever you want to say to God. I think um, probably felt really heartbroken because I just wanted to pray this scripture. I'm not too sure exactly why, but um, I did start praying, you know, saying my own words to God. But I remember for the longest time, this is all I prayed. For all have fallen short of the glory of God. Um, You know, in that moment, I didn't actually have a revelation, you know, of just the limitless that we have. Or, you know, because this passage of scripture talks about the sin that we have, you know. But then as you go on to look at Romans 3, it's actually talking about the faithfulness of God. How we've been made right with God. How we have been forgiven and how God has actually shown us great kindness and mercy. And I didn't know that whole passage of scripture, but I would always come back to this. We have all fallen short of God's glory. Meaning that we are all in need of God's mercy. We are all in need of God's um, kindness and forgiveness. And I don't know if there's anything else we need moment by moment as the mercy of God. You know, we can get to the end of the day and maybe say, today I've had a good day. But if we really dissect your day moment by moment, we will realize that I needed God's mercy. At 8 a.m., I really needed God's forgiveness. And we didn't even think it because at the end of the day, we're like, this was a good day. This was a productive day. But really, when we look back, we're like, oh, during the afternoon, I needed God's forgiveness then. I needed God's mercy then. That was the time for me to actually ask for God's mercy. So I don't know if there's, we need God's love, but I don't know if there's anything we need moment by moment as, God's, as much as God's mercy and God's kindness. I love when you come, one of the most popular scriptures is um, the writer of Lamentations, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. He says this, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. They are new every morning. 
I don't know if you've ever actually heard that or if you say that, like, you know, I say that a lot, you know, the mercies of God are new every morning. You know, some translations say that his compassions never fail. That's another word for mercy. So when I was given this passage of scripture, I had to go back and think about what is Jesus really talking about here when he talks about being merciful and showing mercy. But what I love about this is that wherever mercy is mentioned, the love of God is also mentioned. That it is his love that leads to, his, to mercy. It is his love that leads, us to, that leads him to mercy for us, that leads to forgiveness, and that also leads to repentance. So we live in this constant awareness of God's grace and what he's done through Jesus because we know that his compassions, his mercy is with us and it never fails. It is new every morning. So I had to think about that, you know, this fifth beatitude that we come to. You know, all the beatitudes, if you've noticed in the beginning, they've been talking about our heart, you know, which is kind of easy. You know, I'm like, you know, talk to me about humility. I know I have to look through in my heart and you know, what I have to do. But when it comes to this, it takes a shift, and now it starts to talk about how you live with people. (laughs) And the first thing Jesus mentions about how you live with people is that you should actually show mercy each and every time. It's like you have to actually make way and make space and make room for one another to show mercy to one another, you know. So this is the empowerment of God right here where he says when you actually come to live with one another, one of the first things you should be making room for is compassion, is mercy, you know, so compassion is, mercy is described as compassion in Lamentations chapter 3. But I realize that also when we come to Romans, when we come to the New Testament, mercy is described as the kindness of God. You know, it is the kindness of God. It says Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says the kindness, it is the kindness of God that leads to repentance. You know, it's talking about the grace of God, the mercy of God, that he's actually seen us and showed that we really, really need this repentance. We really need this mercy. So he sent Jesus. So it is the kindness of God that leads to repentance, that it is God. He was so compassionate towards us that he was, it led him to action. It led him to send Jesus. It led him to send Jesus for us. So it was his kindness that actually leads to repentance. And then we go over to Timothy. First Timothy, I love Paul when he's writing to Timothy. Um, he talks about the mercy that God showed him. The mercy that God showed him because he was a murderer and he was going against God in every way possible. But then he says that God showed me mercy. And not only did he show me mercy, he empowered me to then go and do the things that he'd actually called me to do. And that is described as the forgiveness of God. He says, God forgave me greatly, you know, because I did not deserve to be forgiven. I did not deserve God's mercy. So he talks of the forgiveness of God. So when we're talking about mercy, we're talking about the compassion of God, the kindness of God, and the forgiveness of God. I've been um, doing Search for Life. She's really great, by the way. Um, so in my first day of doing Search for Life, um, which was just a couple of weeks ago, I thought, oh, God works in mysterious ways. He's so great and works for my good, which is also really awesome. Because then they also talked about the Beatitudes in there. So I was just like taking notes, like, oh, this is exactly what I'm going to preach. This is what I need. When it came to this Beatitude, though, they gave an example. They talked about, uh, you know, just trying to differentiate the d- difference between, you know, compassion and kindness and forgiveness. So imagine you have a friend, right, or maybe even a stranger. Then they have asked you, they've come to you, they're really desperate, and you know that they really need help. And they ask to stay at your house for a few days, you know, while they sort everything out, and, you know, they've got nothing. So you welcome them, right? You show them all this compassion. You know, you're filled with compassion because their story is really sad and disappointing. So you welcome them into, their, into your home, and then you say, you know what, everything belongs to you. You know, the fridge, everything else. You can have whatever you have. 
Then a few days later, they leave, of course. You know, they sorted out everything that they needed to sort out. Then you realize that you open your fridge, your beer is gone. Maybe they've trashed the place as well a little bit, or they've stolen some money too, you know, kind of thing. And then a few days later, they come back, and they say, I still need to sort my stuff out together. Can I please have a place to stay? <laughs> Would you let them stay, knowing what they have done? And that is the difference between compassion. When, when they first come to you, you show them compassion and kindness. But really, when they come to you a second time, that's where you have to exercise your forgiveness. To say, will you let them in or will you not? Because when we talk about forgiveness, we're talking about there's been an offense committed. But anyway, my first point for this morning is compassion. Mercy that is compassion. The compassion that leads to kindness. You know, when we read the Bible in the New Testament, we read a lot that Jesus was driven to compassion so many times. Every time we see him healing somebody, it's because he's been driven to compassion. You know, he sees someone, there's a blind beggar or something like that. He sees someone and he's filled with compassion and then he actually shows them kindness by healing them. You know, sometimes you ask them if they actually want the healing or what exactly they need. We know that like in the feeding of the 5,000 in Mark chapter 8, you know, it says Jesus was filled with compassion. That this group of people had been following them and listening to them and all of a sudden, you know, they are really hungry. And instead of sending them away, says he was filled with compassion. And the solution he asked for his disciples, he says, what are, what are we going to do with these people? You know, what are we going to feed these people with? Because he was filled with so much compassion. And I think if we talk about compassion, we talk about the man at Bethsaida who was healed by Jesus. You know, says he sat beside a pool every day of his life. For 38 years, he was there, you know, and... Um, he was crippled and says that there was an angel that would come every day and steer the pool and whoever jumped first would be the one to be healed. So he was always late. And Jesus is passing by with his disciples and he just says, do you want to be healed? You know, and that is Jesus being filled with compassion. That he could have actually passed by because, you know what, the angel would still come anyway. But he said, I will provide another way for healing for this man. And if anyone could talk about compassion, it's a Samaritan woman from John chapter 4. It says that, you know, that particular story, I love that Jesus went out of his way. You know, Jesus went out of his way to help. And this is the compassion that Jesus tells us, says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the ones that go out of their way to show compassion, for Jesus will show you exactly the same thing. I love the story of this woman because... You know what? Jesus could have gone a different way. In fact, I think they should have made every way possible to avoid going through the Samaritan village because they were not supposed to go through. They were not supposed to interact. And Jesus goes there and just waits by the pool for this woman. He already knows she's coming and just waits there for her to be there. You know, just making that way, like he just goes out of his way. He's like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm hungry, but I'll just wait for her here, you know. And then she comes, of course, we know, and she, Jesus just confronts her and tells her about her life and talks to her about um, the living water, the Holy Spirit, that she could be filled with the Holy Spirit, that she could be forgiven, and she becomes the greatest evangelist for her village because she goes out and then tells, you know, come and see a man, you know, that has told me everything that I, I've ever known. 
You know, that, is, that story in itself is so great in terms of what compassion actually does for people. Jesus went out of his way for this woman. And you know what? The moment she's saved, the moment she repents, she doesn't even think twice. She goes straight into the village and says, look, this is what has happened. Because this is what mercy actually does to people. That when we show mercy, actually, when we, we give people this kind of freedom that they just go out and declare, this is what has happened to me. Come and, you know, receive the same thing. She wasn't shy about it. She she wasn't going to keep it to herself. She could have, you know, who knows what the whole village was talking about, you know, when it, come, when it came to her. But instead, she's filled with so much um, excitement and joy that she wants to ex- owe everyone else to actually receive the same kind of mercy, to receive the same kind of compassion, because she actually invites people. She says, come and hear, come and see this man that has told me everything that I have ever known. That is the compassion of God, the God that goes out of his way to actually make a way for you. And can you imagine, this is the Jesus we've been talking about. This is the Jesus that you serve, the one that goes out of his way. I don't know, if you really look at your life, you find that there are moments that God has just been going out of his way. You didn't ask for it. You didn't know it, you know, but somehow, somewhere, God went out of his way to save you. Somewhere, somehow, God went out of his way to provide for you somewhere somehow without you asking because there's so many things that we don't even know but God then provided I don't know if you've ever had one of those moments where it's just like I didn't even ask for this but then it happened or I didn't even know that I wanted this but then it came into into my view I didn't know this was going to happen to me but then it just happened that this is the person that goes out of their way and this is the God and even when he promises that he says blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy God is just saying, blessed are you when you go out of your way because I will do the same for you. That God can actually go out of his way for you. You know, he's just walking, going on his way, even with these examples that he's just doing his thing. And then he goes out of his way to just help this person. You know, even right now I'm thinking of the woman that had the issue of blood, that God was just on his way elsewhere, you know. And then yet he went out of his way to stop and say, who touched me? Because he could have just, you know, as his disciples suggested in that moment, he said, there's so many people around you, you know. Anyone could have touched you. And Jesus says, no, but this one, this was specific. You know, I felt power go out of me. And then he stops. Because he could have listened to his disciples and said, you know what? Actually, you're right. There's so many people here. There's so much happening. Anyway, we are on our way to this person's house to heal someone. But he stopped. He went out of his way to stop for this woman says, I felt power touch me. What has happened to me? This is Jesus. This is Jesus, the merciful God who goes out of his way to do things for us. And this is the God who serves us. So when I read that, honestly, I'm empowered to say, you know what, God, teach me to be that person. Teach me to be the person that goes out of their way. That, you know, I don't have to wait until a problem has, or there's a problem. I don't have to wait until you have done something for, to me or for me, for me to then show mercy. Let me just go out of my way. You know, God, give me the capacity to go out of my way to help someone. To go out of my way to be there for someone. To go out of my way to help someone. For because we know that the reward is that we get a God who goes out of his way. Amen. Amen. I love this because this is the kind of mercy that David talks about. In Psalm 23, um, verse 6, David, this one of the greatest psalms ever, he comes to say, says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You know, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. 
One of the greatest psalms ever. David is talking about God is going to be with me in the valley of the shadow of death. You know, God sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He talks about my cup overflows. And he talks about surely goodness and mercy. This kind of mercy is God's compassion that goes out of the way. Because God is just going out of his way to bless him. You know, he's saying my cup overflows as in God is doing abundantly and exceedingly more. You know, he could just do the bare minimum because that's all I need. But he says he's going above and beyond. You know, that even when I go through the valley of shadow of death, you know, even when he leads me to the water, he says I am refreshed. You know, he says goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He says goodness, the goodness of God and this going out of his way kind of goodness is what will follow me all the days of my life. This is the Jesus who's, whom we place our faith in, the one who actually go out of his way to be with us, go out of his way to save us. The kind, second kind of mercy that is being talked about in this passage says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. It's forgiveness. And I think this is the one that we struggle with the most. I don't know about you, but I do struggle with it as well. Because I think initially we think that we have been offended, therefore, you know, we have to offend back or something, you know. (laughs) Or we have to take it in our own hands or something like that. So when there's been forgiveness, we're talking about where there's been an obvious offense, you know, where someone has actually then gone out of their way, not to show you mercy, but to show you something else, you know, to be something else. Which is really one of the biggest struggles, I think, in our humanity, whether you're Christian or not. You know, we really struggle with this issue of forgiveness. You know, this idea of letting go of things, of letting go, um, you know, of this thing that, you know, things could have gone differently or anything like that. And here Jesus is saying, forgive and you'll be shown forgiveness. It sounds so easy, right, to do, like, forgive and you'll be shown forgiveness, you know, but I love that even when we come back to talk about capacity, that God is saying that you have the capacity to forgive. You know, you are made of the image of God. And if, he's, if he is a forgiving God, you are a forgiving child. If he is a loving God, you are a loving child. If you are made in his image, then whatever he is, then you are also. He has also empowered you to actually do that, you know. Because forgiveness requires us to make a decision here in our natural state that actually impacts the spiritual realm. You know, while we're holding on to things, really in the spiritual realm, the Holy Spirit is like, you're also just blocking things in that. So you have the capacity to forgive if your God can also forgive. You know, it's no surprise that one of the greatest prayers that Jesus taught us says that, you know, says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And this is the prayer that Jesus said to pray. He says, when you pray, when you talk to your father, say this, you know, forgive us our sins as we forgive others. Then he comes to his greatest sermon and he says, show mercy for you will also be shown mercy. He says, we can only extend that kind of mercy to others when we have come to terms with how much we need that kind of forgiveness. And that's the thing about forgiveness. Only when we come to terms with, you know what, I need forgiveness. I have been forgiven. It is really only then can we extend that kind of forgiveness, you know, to God. Because then now we're giving up that right to say, you know what, God, you take care of this. Because at the end of the day, the word of God declares, God will be your vindicator. So it comes back to, do you trust him enough to be your vindicator? 
Because how we struggle in this area really just shows how much we believe about God. That if he says he's a God of justice, if he says he's a God of righteousness, and if he says you'll be your vindicator, do you trust him enough then to give him that space to say, okay, fine, God, I also give you this. I need to forgive this person, so I give them to you. I need to forgive this situation, so I also give this to you. I love how we've been learning about these Beatitudes. It says They are not actually standalone Beatitudes. You, know, you don't have to read them as a list or anything like that, but they connect with each other. You know, because I know we talked about um, humility. We talked about mourning for our sin and all of these things. I realize that we can't get to this point until we've actually, you know, lived in humility. Because humility does require us to come to that point where we're like, Jesus, I need you. And I love how a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Megan preached about mourning for our sin. That when we come to that place of, you know what, God, I know exactly what I have done. You know, so who am I then to judge that other person? It is when we realize how much we need Jesus and when we mourn in our sin that is when we can actually come to that place of saying, I can forgive and I can be shown um, forgiveness as well. And I love it again, the reward for this kind of mercy, this kind of forgiveness is the kingdom of God. It is that we will be shown mercy. James 2 verse 13 says, For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. But mercy triumphs over judgment. So for those who have not shown mercy, judgment will be without mercy as well. But really the mercy of God, is talking about the mercy of God, the kindness of God. Because we're talking about God being the ultimate judge at the end of the day. So when we really, when we fail to forgive, we're saying, God, I want to take your place. I take your place as judge. You know, I take your place. And I don't know about you, if you ever want to look at God, your father, and say, no, let me take this place, see how far we will go. But really, I would rather say, God, you have your place in this situation where I need to forgive a person, where I need um, to forgive a situation. I would rather call on God and say, God, you take your place. Because that's what forgiveness really is, you know. Because we struggle with, you know, the words, oh, I forgive this person, I forgive that. I challenge you to say, God, you take your place in this. To pray, God, take your space and take your place in this. For mercy triumphs over judgment. The mercy we extend to others should be a response of the mercy that God has extended, extended to us. And he continues to extend to us even today. Because it's not the forgiveness of just our past sins, but it's our daily sins and our daily, whatever we do daily to offend others. Because there is that recognition that I also offend other people. You know, we never see that, by the way, because I never see when I offend people. <laughs> I don't know if you see, but I don't, until, until I'm told. But really, it is also just coming to that point that, you know, when I offend, I should be shown mercy. Therefore, I should also show mercy to those that offend me or those that I think have offended me. The musician can, can come. I think when it comes to forgiveness, the forgiveness of God, I love the words of Romans chapter 5. That is such a great chapter to read. In fact, I think the first few chapters of um, the book of Romans are just talking about this mercy of God, this grace of God, and how he, you know, he sent his son. It says we were completely helpless, but Christ came to us at the right time. He came to us at the right time. I love those words, at the right time. He showed his great love and mercy to us by dying on the cross while we were still sinners. He came for us. 
I don't know if you've ever meditated on those words of Romans chapter 5. says, while we were still sinners, he came for us. And says that he came at the right time to take his place, to be the once and all sacrifice for our sins. Sins in the past, sins in the present, and sins in the future. I think when we come before a Jesus like that, a God like that, a Father like that, then we realize how much ourselves we need the mercy of God. We have been forgiven that we can actually show that forgiveness to others. So it says, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And I love that it's just that, that kind of mercy, that kindness that leads to repentance. The Bible talks about the kindness of the Lord leads to repentance. And repentance leads to forgiveness. And this is a place and a posture where we need to be saying, God, we thank you for your kindness because your kindness leads to repentance. We thank you for your kindness because your repentance, repent, our repentance leads to forgiveness. Because this is where we come to with Jesus each and every day. You know, not in a sorrowful way or not, you know, but to say, God, you know, we can actually overcome this. We have the capacity for mercy because you have the capacity for mercy. I don't know if there's any greater show of forgiveness than when Jesus hung on the cross and he says, forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they're doing. That is the kind of mercy that Jesus extended to you. You know, that ex- the kind of mercy that Jesus extends to us even today. He says, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. I wonder if we gave you the mic this morning, if your story would start with the mercy of God. If your story would start with how you have extended mercy to other people. Not just compassion, you know, not just, oh yeah, I'll go out of my way, but also an extension of forgiveness where we have been offended. And something seems so hard to forgive, something seems so hard to move on from. But the thing is, we need to learn to start to ask God, God, take your place in my life. Take your place of judgment. Take your place and be my vindicator. Take your place and be the repentance that I need today. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Jesus, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for your great mercy right now. I thank you, Jesus, that we'll take a moment, even right now, dear God, just to declare your mercy over us, just to thank you for your great kindness and your great compassion, just to thank you for dying on the cross, God, but thank you for rising again, almighty God, for your resurrection, God, for in that we know that you rose in victory and that we rise with you and we rise in victory. Therefore, we have the capacity to be merciful. Holy Spirit, I just pray that even right now, speak to the places in our hearts, speak to the space in our hearts, oh God, where we hold offense over someone. God, I thank you that your power to forgive is stronger than our resistance to extend forgiveness. Your power, God, is stronger than any force, any resistance we may have. Help us this morning, teach us this morning to let go of offense. God, we thank you that you're a vindicator. We thank you that you're God of justice and mercy. Extend mercy, God, to the people who we think have offended us. Extend your great mercy to them as well, almighty God. 
And I thank you you would fill us with the capacity to go out of our way to be compassionate, to go out of our way to be kind, almighty God. And we hold on to this promise, God, that we are blessed because we are merciful, for we will be shown mercy. And we thank you that your mercy triumphs over judgment, almighty God. We declare all of this in Jesus' mighty name. And while your heads are still bowed and your eyes are shut for a moment of privacy, I just want to extend an invitation to you. If you've not actually prayed the prayer of salvation, if you've not declared Jesus as your Lord, I just want you to take a moment now, if that's you, and say, Jesus, I need you. And Jesus, I want to get to know you. Jesus, I want to walk with you for the rest of my life. I thank you for your forgiving love. I thank you that I'm a child of God. I thank you that I am loved by God. I thank you that I am seen by God. I am filled with the Holy Spirit to overcome. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.